we pretty much never talk about the tools that we use or anything because that's irrelevant. Yeah. Businesses don't give uh, give a hoot about really how you're doing it. They want to know the bottom line. Hey, podcast listener. You're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Gaurav Dougal. Now, uh, Gaurav came from a, a private Facebook group, actually, with uh, Ryan Levesque. He's got a, a group called the Next Level Mastermind, and there's a bunch of... Uh, Interesting people in there doing a lot of stuff that uh, that you wouldn't really find. It'd be hard to find these people elsewhere. So it's a great little community that Ryan's put together. But uh, where Gaurav came to my attention was he just put a post up one day. I was browsing through just looking for different things and seeing if there's anything to learn. And he mentioned that uh, he's been fairly quiet in the group, but uh, he's been learning from you know guys like Ryan Levesque, Ryan Dice, Todd Brown, these guys. And he just landed uh, two really high-profile clients for a large upfront free and then a recurring fee as well, plus shares in the operation and uh, I thought that was such a cool story and uh, you know that you would probably want to know a bit about how how this actually goes down when someone does this so I asked Gaurav to come on the podcast and uh, talk a bit about his story and how this how these sort of deals come together and what his business looks like and some tips and strategies that he has has for making it work so Gaurav it's good to have you on the show man Hey, thanks for having me, John. Yeah. So before we get into the the nitty gritty how to stuff, can you give the listener a bit of a background on you know who are you and what you know what's the business like? What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, well, I got started in uh, I guess you'd call it the online marketing space. Uh, you know, we call it the IM space. What do you want to call it? Uh, a long, long time ago, actually, in one of the uh, the old guys in the industry. I started in two thousand and one or two thousand two, something in that uh, somewhere in that range. Just uh, off of one of them cheesy Craigslist ads of, hey, do you want to make money at home? And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I'm a, uh, just getting out of high school here. Sure, I could do this stuff. Uh, that's when I kind of got started and, uh, you know, went through some of the uh, hard knocks of, uh, you know, trying to figure out where uh, some of the real information actually came from. And then eventually, once I learned the ropes, started an agency officially in 2004 part-time while I was going to university to service local clients with, um, you know, stuff that I learned at that time. I mean, AdWords was barely getting started. Uh, SEO was really easy to do. So kind of got started there. Um, you know, finished my education in 08, went full-time, uh, built out the agency to what it is now, which is, uh, I mean, we provide all the usual services, your SEO, uh, SEM, PPC, uh, design kind of whatever is necessary uh, for the client to get to the next step. But we're moving more and more towards kind of a full marketing alignment and automation, which you know some people will call uh, marketing funnels. You can call them sales funnels. The idea being, you know, it's not just enough for for you to have just a website out there or just to have some content out there. It's what are you doing to drive the correct person to the correct piece of content at the correct time. So the right person, the right content, the right time, and the right follow-up. So having an actual method to convert them. So that's what we do now is, is I mean, for lack of a better term, is sales funnels or marketing funnels. Hmm. Okay, very cool. And is that the... Is that the transition that you're moving to? So moving away from you know SEO and SEM to doing the funnel stuff? 
It's it's not so much even moving away from that. It's it's uh, it's stopping doing the SEO SEM as a piecemeal uh, and offering it more in terms of okay, let's look at the funnel as a whole and see if SEO fits in. I mean, yeah, it might fit in, uh, but we're not going to do it until we know that your funnel converts or you have something in place to really you know make that traffic work. Mm. So that's kind of we've added the the funnel as as the overarching piece. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's really cool because, you know, I've had people saying, telling me to do this for a long time with, uh, you know, with the funnel stuff. Because I got started three years ago, you know, as a copywriter and uh, I guess hustled my way up with, you know, some freelance clients while living in Southeast Asia at the time. And, uh, you know, as, as time went on, people would look at me and kind of go, you're just offering, you know, I'd, I'd offer a package of, say, 10 emails. And now what's happened in the last probably six to 12 months is, is it's moved away, slight, you know, it's probably moved away from that just to a, a large degree into much similar stuff to what you're doing. So going in and looking at the business as a whole and looking at what do they need, uh, you know, with a holistic perspective. So instead of saying, well, do they need some emails, they need some SEO or something like that, going, well, what do they need as a business? You know, what's yeah. the overall strategy that they need right now to close more business? And, you know, how can I put that together for them? That's exactly what it is. It's, you know, uh, I mean, uh, it's becoming so competitive out there right now where if you don't have something to tie it all together, uh, you're going to leave holes. You're going to have people falling out of your, you know, your sequence, your funnel, whatever you want to call it. And why would you want to take that risk? If you're spending, and the way I always talk to clients is if you're going to spend uh, effort, whether it's time or money to bring some somebody into your funnel, into your sales process, then you better spend the maximum time possible making sure they don't leave. They actually take the action that you want them to take. Yeah. Otherwise, it's really inefficient. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So before we get into, I mean, but yeah, before we talk about like how the, how this sort of happens, can you talk a bit about? I didn't want to mention the figures and the deals because I wasn't sure whether you wanted to talk about that. That's all right. I can go through uh, go through at least a couple that I mentioned. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Tell me a bit about the deals that you've been doing. You know what what people are paying. You know upfront what they're doing recurring. Uh, it yeah, it kind of depends on obviously the the uh, complexity of the funnel and and you know the type of product that we're promoting, but. Uh, I mean, typically to just set up uh, a decent sales funnel, and that means setting up your your capture mechanism. Uh, you know what you're giving away in the front, the so-called lead magnet. Uh, you know what your what the next thing that you're giving away, and the email sequencing, and all that kind of stuff. Just the initial setup usually runs between ten and forty thousand dollars, somewhere in that range. Mm. Uh, again, yeah, it just depends on the uh, the complexity of it. And then, you know, from there there's always a uh, a maintenance. And the maintenance is not so much, hey, you know, just hosting or something. It's actually going in, uh, optimizing conversions, optimizing the email paths. Uh, you know, we have a hundred and eight step process that we've kind of called together uh, some of our own things, some stuff we were learned from Lovec, from Dice, and kind of cobbled together our own system. Um, and that's kind of an ongoing. And that usually we we started about fifteen hundred a month, and it can go up from there. And that's per funnel usually, yeah. uh, fifteen hundred to about three thousand dollars a month. Plus, beyond that, uh, depending on what we're charging or if we're comping anything on the recurring, we like to have a share in the growth of the business, right? This is something I learned from Ryan Levesque, and it really works well because uh, by a share in the growth, I mean it keeps us honest as well, hmm. right? Because if a business is doing um, you know, six figures in revenue today and we can take them from six to seven, 
um, and we get a you know five to ten percent uh, share in that growth. So you know from a hundred thousand to a million, that's nine hundred k growth. We can get ten percent of that. We're pretty happy doing that because the business grows. They're happy to pay us. Uh, we're still getting our, our our monthly anyway, and we grow along with the business. So you don't need as many clients as well, uh, and you're really you've got skin in the game at that point. Hmm. Okay. So tell me about like if you're doing, I mean, 10, 10K to 40K for, to set up a funnel is a big range. So yeah. what, what do you get at 10K and what's the difference between 40K? Uh, a 10K funnel, uh, it, it's, uh, the, the main difference is uh, kind of the, uh, the amount of follow-up is more than anything else. So almost the amount of emails that we've got to write uh, for the follow-up sequence or so the amount of advertising, the retargeting ads that we've got to put in. Because your typical funnel isn't usually going to be more than, and again, we're talking about one funnel, maybe one or two targets, right? And then there can be multiple targets that, that you know, cost a little bit more to add them. But let's just say one funnel with two targets and about five to seven follow-up emails is going to be about that 10K range. But a similar funnel with seven or eight pages and a 40 to 80 email follow-up sequence is going to get to that higher range. Mm. Because now we're having to manage uh, a hell of a lot more and write a hell of a lot more to start off with, you know. And there's a lot more variables to manage with, you know, that kind of targeting. Okay. So that's that's the major difference between the two. Uh, we don't do the uh, we don't do it, um, you know. With a lot of companies, it's okay, you know. Um, this is a dentist, so dentist average uh, customer value is so much, so I can charge this much. We don't do it that way. Uh, it's a pretty standard fee. We where we make up the difference is in the growth uh, share. Mm, interesting, interesting. Okay, because yeah, that's another interesting question of of you know the like I find like, yeah. So the way like pricing is that pricing is more of a custom deal because I you know the the guys I, the companies that I've been working with is they everyone's very different. So it's hard to give the same solution to everyone. I have a you know, I find anyway to have a you know a, like a package that has the same thing that that's for the company because I often find that each company has you know, one of them has a big list. The other one doesn't have a list but they've got some good traffic. One of them doesn't have either of them. Um, one of them already has an engaged list that they've been mailing. And so so I find but so what you're saying is you're using you've got packages that you offer and it's just and the price just depends on how much how much effort you have to put into it not so much what the potential return is for the client yeah essentially yeah we don't really we don't usually go much below the 10k unless there's a an incredible uh we see a really good upside and maybe the business doesn't have the cash to invest but we know okay we put the extra effort in uh we might we've done it on occasion where we've done the funnel for five but we've taken a much higher uh, share of return, uh, sorry, a share of the business until the initial five uh, 5k differential is made up. So we might take 25 percent. Do you take uh, are these is this equity or is this share in the profits? Uh, it depends on the business. It can be either. It can either be equity or share in the profits, and we've worked both. It just depends on how the business operates. In some cases, we like like with the with the with the 40k deal that I mentioned uh, on uh, on the NLM forum. Uh, that was more uh, more shares because we know that that company is going international. Yeah. So in a very very tiny market of Western Canada, they're doing well. If they're going to go to international markets, they're going to explode. So I'd rather have shares, permanent shares in the company as it grows. Mm, okay. Okay. 
Interesting. And then so when you do, I mean, one thing, one question I've had, and I know a lot of people have this as well, is when you do say a recurring, uh, say like a share in the profits over time, and so the business is say currently does $200,000 and you take it up to a million dollars, you've increased the sales by $800,000 yeah. and you take say a 5% cut on the profit. So let's say that profit works out to be $300,000 extra profit a year, like yeah. gross profit. How do you... How do you calculate? So, how do you calculate that? Are you tracking the sales and then you send them an invoice at the end of the month? How does that process happen? Uh, it depends from company to company. Of course, if it's e-commerce based, it's extremely easy because we can tag it. You know, we tag everything with uh, either Infusionsoft, Entreport, something that we're using as a tagging mechanism at the back end. So we know, uh, you know, since we started, we know what their sales were. We know what their sales are now. We we have the channels separated um, in the automation software. So their physical sales are their physical sales. I mean. Whatever their sales staff is doing, that's their prerogative. Um, but anything that comes through our funnel, quote unquote, like the stuff that we set up exclusively, that's easy to track, right? Because we know they came through our funnel, they went through our lead system, and they closed online through the system. If it's something that's a little bit uh, more difficult to track in the terms of, um, you know, physical um, sales, you know, retail sales, in the case of one of the clients we have right now. In that case, we said we do have to trust them at the end of the day. You know, we got to say, okay, uh, your sales were X, Y, Z when we started. You know, uh, they are uh, they've increased by 400, 500 percent. This is our share. And so far, people have been very fair about it hmm. and coming back and saying, yeah, okay, you know, because they're very, you know, generally people are pretty appreciative if you can grow their business by such a massive amount. Uh, they don't mind. And we've got, we've have, we have very tight contracts in place. Yeah. At the end of the day, right? I mean, they can't really, nobody's ever really been able to uh, wriggle out of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Another thing that, uh, an interesting part of, you know, my learning process and in, in getting better at doing these sort of deals is the actual sales stage. Because what I've found is that knowing, knowing how to sit down and make the funnel is, is fairly straightforward. You sit down with a piece of paper and you map it out. Once you've been through a few of these products and you understand upsells and, and uh, some of the behavioral segmentation you can do with, you know, with marketing automation software, it's fairly straightforward, the actual setting it up once you, you know, you get it. But the companies, when it comes to selling it, I found that the more you talk about the emails and the, you know, landing page software, like the, the, the actual what you actually do for them, I find the less likely they are to close. And if they do, the less likely, the less they're going to probably going to pay. And have you found that? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, uh, there's something that we found actually, uh, you know, very much like you're saying. Um, when we initially tried to sell, uh, I guess, sales funnels, um, it was very technical, right? It was very, almost very dry in a way. It's like, yeah, um, Infusionsoft, automation, blah, blah, blah. And people just said, their eyes would just glaze over and be like, what is this? And why the hell do I need it? And then a lot of them would actually go take our information, go back to their guys, and the guys would be like, "Yeah, I can do this. You know, don't hire these guys. So I'll do it in house." And you know, they couldn't really do it, but they thought they could. Uh, now we pretty much never talk about the tools that we use or anything because that's irrelevant. Yeah. Businesses don't give uh, give a hoot about really how you're doing it. They want to know the bottom line. What are you going to do for me? I'm going to increase your sales. How are you going to do it? You, I'm going to automate your marketing process. And, you know, we give a lot of analogies. We talk about companies like McDonald's and their sales process because that's a funnel, right? McDonald's has one of the best sales funnels on the planet. Mm. You talk about examples that, that a business can relate to. And we have one of our pitches is, do you want to be like McDonald's? And they'll be like, what the hell does that mean? Well, 
This is what McDonald's does. Do you want that process in your business uh, to have predictable growth or we call it inevitable growth? Uh, it opens the doors a lot because people are like, yeah, of course I want to, I want that. Okay, well, we can do that for you. Mm. you know, And that makes a huge difference because it's less complicated and it's very easy for somebody to visualize something that they're familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hmm. when I found like, because I've been doing it so three years ago, I was writing emails. So I'd get on the phone with someone and uh, when it came time to make them an offer, it'd be, oh, well, I'll give you 10 emails. And it's funny now, knowing what I know now, uh, you know, things have changed. But uh, back then, I thought, well, that was, you know, I'm buying emails, so I'll give them an emails and charge them $100 an email, and, you know, that'll be that. And what you learn is basically what you're talking about is that people, especially once you get to the higher, to businesses that are bigger, the owners don't, and, you know, they're not, uh, they're not you, know, st- you know, just starting out, they don't have like a, you know, small six figure online business or something like that. If they've got like a serious business, they're fairly experienced, they don't really care especially if they're, they're the founder or the CEO, they're way too busy to learn about how it actually happens. Yeah. They just want to know what you're going to do, like that, the benefit or the result uh, that you're going to do from them. It's interesting because I was chatting to someone recently and, and he, went through, he went through a pitch. He was basically you know, helping me improve and refine my own sales pitch for this stuff. And uh, the way he was going through it, I was like, this is, what's really funny is that I've never really talked like this on the phone but if I was to, if you, if you asked me to write a sales page, this is exactly the sort of stuff I'd say. It'd be pain, 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 solution. Here's some more pain, 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 solution, pain. Like that's all you do. And yeah. then I'll do that on a sales page. But then I never thought to do it on a call. But then that's just what that's what you do on these calls. You, like with these analogies, what the you know the 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 analogies you know illustrate the pain or that they're experiencing now. That they're going to experience if they don't fix these problems. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it is. I mean. Uh for us, it's, it really does come down to two things. I mean, one is, is oh, three things, I guess. The analogies is one of them, of course. But the other two is, you know, you ask a lot of questions. of, And you ask a lot of prodding questions where you bring out the fact, uh, you help them bring out the fact that they're not doing enough, right? So you can, you can uh, we've got an evaluation process that uh, it's not the initial meeting, but maybe the second meeting will actually go through a small little form that we've created that's just 15 questions, that they go through and then it grades them automatically at the end. And then they walk away knowing, yeah, I'm missing 11 out of these 15 things. And if I just plug these 11 holes, it would make a massive difference in my mm-hmm. business. right? And, it, and they're answering it and coming to the conclusion themselves that this needs to be done. And I guess the third overarching thing is kind of um, education, right? Uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know... A lot of our stuff is, uh, you know, the way we actually acquire a clientele is a lot of um, educational-based sessions. So we actually do a lot of group webinars, seminars, and things like that where we'll do a very similar process as we would do one-on-one, but, you know, to a group setting where we actually walk them through uh, the exact same analogies, the exact same process, and we'll have them do it even as a crowd you know, answer these five or seven questions, you know, by a show of hands. And at the end of it, people come running to the front because they're like, okay, we really need to know more about this. <laughs> you know, because my God, I had no idea that these questions even existed in the first place. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So then that was the next question that I had was how do you go about, I mean, there's all different ways to go and find these sort of clients. There's, you know, there's networking, there's going to events, there's doing uh, the seminars, but what's the, you know, some people go and, you know, advertise as well. You can advertise on LinkedIn and other places. So what's working for you right now in terms of finding clients that A, are, are interested in this stuff and B, have the money to invest, you know, $40,000 in it? Uh, three, three things that work 
better than anything. In fact, I mean, we we obviously have a variety of methods, but the top three, uh, I'd say, would be number one would be uh, speaking to networking groups that are pre-qualified. So this is not talking to your let's say you're talking to BNI, which is, I guess, a, a fairly large networking organization. But even if you're talking to a BNI group. Uh, you want to be talking to the BNI group that is the most productive in the city because there are BNI groups that are starting out and there's BNI groups that have been established for 20 years and are doing you know, 10 and $15 million a year within them. That's the type of group you want. So you want to first pre-qualify uh, the type of networking groups you want to talk to. So the techs, the BNIs, the, the, some of the higher-end organizations. These are the guys you know, where you know the average income uh, for the business owner there. And you, you've got to make sure that the decision owners are there, uh, decision makers, I should say, uh, you know, and, um, you know, you want to make sure they're there and, um, you pre-qualify them that way. So we had made the mistake initially of, yeah, we'll just speak to anybody. So, you know, we spoke at the library, we spoke God knows where else. And of course we got nobody from the public library because anybody can show up there. There were students there and stuff. They were interested, but, you know, a student doesn't have $40,000 to blow on a funnel. Right. And I get it. Uh, but the moment we change our strategy to, okay, we're only focusing on that high-end, high net worth, worth uh, groups, uh, the conversion rates have just shot up because we've always had people coming at the end. And there's the question about affordability isn't there and the question of them being established isn't there anymore because you you've got through those major hurdles. So that's kind of one thing. Uh, the other would be um, referrals that we've actually built up. I mean, that's just, that's just uh, kind of a, a measure of the fact that we've been around for so long. But a lot of our business does actually come through a few referral um, partners that we've built up. And these referral partners are, in some cases, clients that we've had that have been really happy with our work. And uh, we always pay back. So we pay back between 10 and 20 percent uh, for the lifetime of a referral. So if you referred us, you know, a client that wanted a funnel and then the next year the client wanted a SEO project or web design, blah, 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 whatever, that client is tagged to you for life. So we're giving our referral partners a way to build an income for themselves while building us a business, you know? So we do it that way. We partner with uh, agencies as well. We partner with web firms, with training companies. And so that's kind of a passive way for, for us to generate clientele. And I guess the third way would be um, equally important is the online funnels that we set up for ourselves because, you know, we're doing funnels for other people. We better have funnels for ourselves that actually work, right? Mm. So we have our own funnels uh, for intake. So a lot of them, again, education-based and very, very niched down. So if we're going after, uh, for example, real estate investors, because, again, we know that's, that's the crowd that has money, Um you know, we have a funnel that's very specific to real estate investors. So if we're going after that, we're going to go after that niche on LinkedIn and on Facebook and perhaps a few other uh, platforms out there. And, you know, we build an entire funnel that speaks to them, captures their lead, uh, gives them the information and follows up with them, just like any funnel we would set up for somebody else. So those are kind of the three top things and they work very consistently. Hmm, okay, okay. What's interesting there is, you know, some people, you know, look at this sort of market and they think that it's small or that there's all these big players in there like yourself or like, um, you know, the internet marketers, that the whole, you know, Frank Kearns, of, well, we're out there in this market. It's like, oh, I couldn't never do that. I can't compete with those guys. But the more, I mean, it sounds like you know this as well, but the more experience that I get with it is that this market's just, it's so under, you know, probably undercapitalized or undertapped. 
in the sense of that if you can go to you know your local business meeting, the BNI meeting, and find people, this means that that that's just in people in Calgary. Yeah. Right. So you've got people in every. There's going to be companies in every single city around the world that need these services. And if you can explain to them without getting into the technical you know, jargon, just explain to them, they want more customers, they want to automate their marketing process. And uh, no business can really turn that down. No, it's, it's, it's so different. And that's kind of the, the message, interestingly enough, uh, as we've tweaked this over the last couple of years, um, the message that I always get back, because I've been, I've been doing a lot of speaking and stuff for 10 years. I mean, I've spoken SEO and you know the usual digital marketing products, but... Once we switched our talks to purely about marketing alignment and automation, every time the feedback is, wow, I never knew this existed and this was the most interesting marketing talk I've ever uh, been to because it made sense. Then that's something that we've always heard because nobody, honestly, nobody I've ever come across, and we know all the major agencies, at least in, I mean, I can only speak about Alberta and BC because that's kind of where we do most of our marketing. I've barely ever come across an agency that, that talks about proper marketing alignment and automation. They're always the same thing. So think about it this way. Yeah, there's a lot of big players that are doing funnels and, and stuff like that. But there's also 50 times that number of small players doing SEO and PPC and all the usual stuff. And where would you rather compete against 100 big guys or 50,000 small guys? It's way easier to compete against 100 big guys. Yeah. Right. It's the same bloody message. And with... With the way you can target online with with uh, with some of these platforms, you can reach the same person that Ryan Dice can for pennies. You know, Dice may outspend you ten to one, but you're still reaching the same crowd. Yeah. So you you know your chances are just as good as as closing somebody as as Ryan. Right, right. And you know, another side of this too is that you've got like the you know I had someone come to me oh, it was a couple of weeks ago, and he has an internet business. He had eleven or twelve products uh, in his uh, you know inside the business, and two two main funnels, two main you know interests of people in the business that he wanted to put people through. And uh, he ended up going with a you know another guy. But what was interesting is that it made me realize you know you've got you've got businesses out there that are already internet businesses. Um, you know, he already had you know, I guess a basic funnel set up and he wanted to, to automate it a whole lot, do a lot of more advanced stuff. And so you've got people like that that, that, that they're probably going to go and if they go looking, they're going to find someone like Ryan Dice because yeah. Ryan Dice is, he has such a big presence in the internet marketing builder funnel industry. But you've got Every other, like, that's the, the internet marketing industry of people with businesses that are already, you know, selling ebooks and videos and training online. That's so, that's a tiny, tiny industry in the grand scheme of the world. Oh, yeah. And that you've got, like, like the, you know, like the BMWs and the Mercedes and, and the huge corporations that they need all this stuff too. And you've got everyone from, you know, billion dollar corporations down to, you know, $100 million or even 10, you know, five, even a $5 million company. There's, I don't know how many, there must be thousands, tens of thousands of $5 million companies around the world right now that have no idea about this stuff. Yeah, they have absolutely no idea. When you when when you talk when you talk to some of these guys about it, I mean, they haven't even started. And so to them, this is like candy. You know, sometimes you talk to these guys, they're like, "There's no way." I mean, I've never, you know, they've never even heard of this stuff, and they're they're really actually get very excited. And that's something that doesn't really happen very often. You go talk to about SEO, and they're like, "Yeah, I've heard about SEO, and it's all bullshit." No, no, no. You talk about this stuff, and they actually want to listen because you're you're talking about hey i mean when you talk about something like automation you're talking about taking time off their hands and freeing up you know their time and making them more efficient that's something that any company can relate to yeah. you know we're going to increase your roi and we're going to automate your marketing that's that's a really nice combination Whereas with SEO and stuff like that, just on its own, it's very ephemeral. It's like, well, at some point down the future, you might rank high in the search engines, and that's good for you. Well, I don't, 
I don't get it. Like, why the hell would I want that? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, the other side of this too is that we're all, because we're all, you know, probably know more about this stuff than 99% of the population. Like, if you've been through any internet pro, if you've been doing internet stuff for even a year, you'd have to know more about internet marketing than almost everyone on the planet. But so that means that, you, you know, you think, oh, SEO or even funnels or setting up, you know, an autoresponder and like these don't, it's like, oh, what's the big deal? They don't do that much. <laughs> but then if you explain this to someone who's not familiar with it, like I, I had one guy on the phone and I were talk, talking about how he mentioned a company that was doing this amazing thing and I asked him what it was and he says what they were doing is you could put a link in your email and if someone clicked the link, they get automatically added to another list without having to sign up. Yeah. And I, I, like, that to me is like, that's, that's the simplest thing. Like, to me, it seems like a really, really simple thing that's just, why wouldn't you be doing that? But yeah. he thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's magic. And, and, and in a way, it is. I mean, you couldn't do this uh, 20 years ago. I mean, it, it was all manual, right? You couldn't do any of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, one of the easier ways to, to explain it to some of these more established companies is, you know, marketing funnels, you know, all this kind of stuff that we talk about. Uh, to bring it down to earth to a lot of these guys, these older companies, is it's really not that different from any direct response marketing that's been going on for 150 years. It, it really is the same process. The point is, you know, we've managed to take that process and turn it online, which happens to be where your customers are hanging out. That's all we've done yeah. at the end of the day. We're doing something that's tried and true. So that also kind of helps a lot of companies like, yeah, okay. It's something that's worked for a long time. You guys have just figured out how to make it work with where the audience is right now. I get it. Mm. Right. Mm. Cool, man. Well, I last the last question I had is uh, what uh, when it comes to like companies that you got. If you want to charge, say, at least ten thousand dollars a project and add on the recurring. Yeah. What revenue company should you be targeting? Do you have a uh, like uh, we, at least three million? Or? We don't usually have a revenue number. We usually have an idea of. Uh, Usually before we even you know go into a group or something, we kind of get an idea. Okay, who's there? Who's not there? What kind of uh, what kind of revenue is kind of important? But it's usually okay. Um, we do look at even we don't we don't usually ask the question. We usually look at okay, what is the um, uh, the average customer value for this person because that gives you an idea of what they could potentially spend anyways in order to acquire a customer. So that's one thing we look at internally. But the other thing is not so much revenue, but we find out their marketing budget at the end of the day because some companies with a $100,000 revenue might have a $40,000 marketing budget because it's a tiny company, whereas a company with a million dollar revenue might only have 10k to spend. And we've actually come across that exact scenario. That's why I mentioned it. So uh, it, it usually isn't a revenue thing. It's usually a, is this company poised for growth? And yeah. can they afford it? You know, I don't care what they're making. Obviously, they've probably got to make at least 150k for us to even talk, just because it's really hard to justify mm. uh, beyond that. But uh, you know, some individuals, uh, you know, even when like some companies starting up don't have any revenue, but they've got a million dollars in funding. Yeah. Great, let's get let's get started, right? Mm. Okay. Cool. That's very cool. Thanks for coming on the show, man, and talking about this stuff. I really appreciate yeah. it. No worries, man. So last but not least, can you if the you know if the listener would like to get in touch with you, either ask you questions, maybe to even hire you for one of these funnels, where's the best place to do that? Uh, a couple of ways. I mean you can either go to the website, uh, it's reachnexus.com, so it's R E A C H N E X U S dot com. 
or you can just shoot a quick email off to info at reachnexus.com, uh, which uh, myself and the two co-founders have access to. And uh, we're glad to chat. Uh, we don't really, we generally don't charge for the initial 15-20-minute uh, meeting because we just like to sit down and talk. We talk a lot, so yeah. <laughs> don't mind figuring out and you know just kind of seeing where you're at and just seeing if we can help. And if we can, great. If not, you know, so be it. We'll point you in the right direction regardless. You know, we try to give value regardless of whether you're working with us. And we are putting together, after being inspired a lot by what Levesque and Dice are doing, we are putting together an educational platform uh, similar to what DM Labs is doing, if some of your listeners are used to it, but very much focused towards the uh, small to medium business owners so they can actually do all of this on their own or have the processes in-house where they can hand it off to the marketing guy or gal and uh, they can implement everything that they need to do to get to the point where they're making revenue enough to be able to hire us at the end of the day. Nice. So that'll be coming up soon enough as well. So shoot us an email, uh, go to the site, check us out, and uh, yeah, we're always glad to help. Perfect. Perfect. I'll have links to uh, the site and email address in the show notes at themcmethod.com. Gorov, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks, John. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.